look at uh, the same chapter that we was in this morning, but another text. Look at Luke chapter number 8 and a text verse in uh, verse number 23. Luke chapter number 8 and verse number 23. That's the text verse that we'll read and then we will exposit only around that context tonight. We won't be moving through the Bible. We won't be turning pages. We won't be changing gears or subjects. We'll stay uh, at that particular text verse and then we will show around that text verse something to do with it. Look at verse number 23 tonight. Let's look at 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. This particular verse of scripture gives us a picture of what they were doing. They were fixing the board of vessel And they were going to the other side. And they were having to do that because it was a lake. That means they have to sail to their destination. That means they have to row to their destination. Either way, it does not necessarily stipulate here that it was a sailing vessel. But I believe through study that uh, it, 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 it was a partial sailing vessel and could be a rowing fishing boat because many of them were propelled by rowing. But he says in verse 23, our text verse, but as they sailed. Now that's going to be what we're going to title this simple brief message tonight. As they sailed. Now, I'm going to stop right there and read the rest of this uh, as we go along in the context of it. But I want you to get this based on how it is applicable to us. If it doesn't apply to us, let's throw it away. If I can't get something out of it to help me get through my storms, then what am I doing reading about somebody else's storm? I'm glad the Bible can be put into shoe leather as Dr. Kenny uh, Grant is going to teach us. It, it, it's, it, it can be put into doability. It can be put into activity, to action. And the Bible says they were going to the other side. Do you know you and I are on our way to the other side? And we are launching on this gospel ship. And we are on a sea identified as the world. Where there are storms, where there are activities, where there are tribulations and where there's trouble. But he said let us go not part way or some of the way or uh, a little bit of the way. He said Let us go to the other side. Now, when God says we're going somewhere, you can rest assured ain't nothing going to stop us. We may go through some heartache, headache, and difficulty on the way, 
But I promise you this, we're going to end up where God has commissioned us to go. Now, you've got to look at the end of this. You've got to get your mind set. I'm not giving up. I'm not getting out. I'm not throwing in the towel. I am sailing with a promise. Mm-hmm. I'm sailing with a promise. We're going to the other side. Now, everything between and betwixt. Uh, he is in the ship with us. Y'all need to sit down before I forget you standing up. <laughs> I need help. Even to get that done, you know, I need help. We're sailing in the waters of this world. But the Bible says they got to the other side in the land of Gennesaret or the land of the Gatherings, and we took up this morning that man that they got off the ship and helped who was a tomb dweller. Now you and I are on our way to the other side. Now listen to me. Every one of us who are God's children are going to make it to the other side. Every one of us, because we're sailing with promise. We're not sailing with, with, with hope so. We're not sailing with problems only. We're sailing with a promise. Let us go to the other side. But there are some things that happened in this particular story that every one of us need to understand because as we sail to the other side, There are some realistic facts in the sailing of these sailors, these fishermen, that are applicable to our sailing venture to heaven. Let me give you, if I can, a couple of three of these. Uh, I'll give them to you and take my seat. Look at fact number one in this sailing venture. And and, and put put the, uh, the title of the message up there, if you will, my brother. But as they sail, now, as we sail, number one, there will be times when he will not seem, oh, in red, if you can, underline seem, there will be times when he will not seem, do you get that word? Seem, that, that is, that is a, 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 a word that implies in our fleshly mind uh, the capability of inadequacy. There will be times when he will not seem to us to be as close as we need him to be. When we sail, when we go on our venture, when we sail on our journey to heaven, some of us are closer than others. Some of us are going in the rapture. Some of us will probably go by the graveyard. Some of us will will find ourselves going before others and some after others. But we're on our way somewhere. But on that sailing journey, as we sail, there will be times that it will seem that he's not as close as we need him to be. Look at verse number 23. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. (laughs) Now, there's just going to be times when you're going to say, where is he? 
That doesn't mean he's not close, but it seems that he's not as close as you need him to be. Where is he? The Bible says, and he fell asleep. Not a time to go to bed, Jesus. We're out here in this darkness. We're out here in these circumstances. And in just a moment, we'll see that a storm comes on them. And the winds begin to blow and the waves are dashing up against the vessel. But right here, he doesn't seem to be as close as we need him to be. This shows to me that, that he is trying to cause dependence on him. He's trying to teach these, these fishermen who were relying on their skills, these fishermen that were relying on their tools, these fishermen that were relying on their nets, and these fishermen, these would-be disciples, was relying on their boat if there was anywhere they was comfortable. It was on the water. If there was anywhere where they felt secure, it was doing their vocation of fishing or sailing or whatever they did on the boat. And the Bible says he fell asleep. You know, I find him to be at at points in my life not as close as I seem to need him. He knows how close I need him to be. He knows how far away to get. But I seem to want him closer than close because I want him to do for me what I don't have to do for myself. That's the way I am. Selfish as I can be, I know, but that's the truth. I didn't get in for that, but when I got in, I found him to be a very precious help in time of trouble. I found him to be all that I needed along the way. And sometimes, sometimes he will slip away. Sometimes he will sleep. Did he not know this storm was coming? Oh, yes. He knew the storm was coming. But storms don't bother him. Storms tranquilize him. Storms call him, cause him to take pillows and comforters out of the, 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 the uh, cabinets and he lays down and goes to sleep. What is he trying to teach these sailors? What is he trying to teach these confident men? What is he trying to teach these people? He's trying to, to teach them dependence. He's trying to teach them dependence on him. Because it's when one slips away that it is noticed he's not close. Uh, have you ever had your daddy? My daddy took, my daddy, uh, I should be under some psychological watch tonight. My, my daddy was a strange cucumber. I mean, he, he just was. He loved to take us places and, uh, and, and his little game, I remember one time he took us to the fair down on East Boundary, a place where you can lose your life in a second, a, a place where you can fall out of a Ferris wheel, get pitched out of the twister, or, or run over in the 
cattle and hog showing pit. I mean, it is not a place to play games with you. But my daddy would take us to the fair and he would let us walk off and he would back up. We would be going that way. He would back up. He'd have me and Mike on one side and we would just talk, you know, just seven, eight, six, seven, eight. And, and, and we like to turn loose and look at the cotton candy and we like to turn loose and see the wheels and we like to turn loose and see the bearded lady. She was a piece of work. We like, we like, we, we like to see all of that. And daddy, he would just mill in the crowd and, and he would walk and hide behind somebody and all of a sudden, We'd have cotton candy all over our face and candy apple just, I mean, the thing was so sticky, take a month to get to stick out your hand, say amen. And I mean, I, we'd, that's just the way we, and, and we'd wake up to the fact, where is he? And all of a sudden, he's in the fairgrounds, he's got his eye on us, but he would watch us from a distance just to let us see how much we needed to pay attention to him when he was there. Are you listening? Sometimes the Lord will not be as close to you as you seem to need him because he's, he's getting you ready and teaching you that you can't do it without him. Look, fear has struck fishermen. Fear has struck boatsmen. Fear has struck these mariners and fear grips their heart. Why? Because he's not there. I mean, they looked around and said, where'd he go? And he's asleep. Now, he's doing this to teach dependence. God never backs up and away from you to make you mad or sad. He does it to make you dependent on him. Now, let me ask you a question. We'll move on to the next one. Let me ask you this. Are there times in your life when the Lord does not seem to be as close as you think you need him? All right? Is he on the boat? Is he, on, is he at the fairgrounds with you? Is he close? Is his eye, is his mind's eye, is his compassion, is, is, is his abilities and his loving affection still on you? Yes, it is. But he will do things in our life to teach us, to teach us that we might not think seemingly that he's as close as he has been, but he's showing us dependence. Number two, let me give you the second one. Look at it. Number two, there will be storms that come from above, not always from beneath. Notice what it says. But as they sailed, number one, he fell asleep. Number two, and there came, say it with me, down, say it again, down, say it again, down, a storm of wind on the lake. When something comes down, where is it coming from? Up. Isn't that brilliant? When it's coming down, where is it coming from? Up. Everybody in here can understand that. Most of us feel like most of our trouble comes from beneath, satanic. Most of us think if we're having troubles we can't explain, they're coming from around us. 
But sometimes our problem comes from above. Why? Because God is trying to teach us not dependence, but direction. Notice what he said. He fell asleep and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. What does wind do with sails? What does wind do to ships? What will a strong, it says there came down a storm of wind. This is not a huff and puff and blow your house down kind of thing. This is a difficult storm coming in and it begins to blow that ship in another direction. And all of a sudden, what they thought was their enemy became their friend because it blew them into the direction that they wanted to be in. You know, every one of us, this is hard to do and easy to preach. Every one of us ought to shout when we're going through trouble because usually, usually, I'm going to say 95% of the time, when you can't even recognize it, usually it's God up to something. Now, now usually. Sometimes we cause our own troubles, but they're short-lived, and God will step in and stop you from self-destruction. I'm going to say it again because it sounded brilliant. God will step in and stop you from self-destruction when it is your fault and it's something you insert into the plan. He'll move in quickly. Uh -uh -uh -uh. That doesn't coincide. That does not compute to what I've got for you. So what does he do? He'll step in and alter the situation. In this situation, the storm was a directive. It was going to keep them going to the other side. It's easy to end up on the other end if you do it and I do it. We go by our charted manuscripts and we go by our charts and we go by how we think it ought to go, we could end up so far away from our destination that it's pathetic. But when God lets circumstances blow us around, blow us around. How many of you, think, think with me just a moment. Uh, this, here, here's the only, it's the only illustration I got. I've told these stories so many times that I hate to keep telling them, but it's, it's just all I got. But maybe you, maybe you, you identify. I had troubles and difficulties in the the only other ministry I have been involved in. The one previous to this one was the only one I've ever. Only two churches I've pastored. There was so much stormy weather, so much blowing side to side, so much storms, so much difficulty, so much heartache. I mean, it was one situation after another. I thought I'd miss God's will. I thought surely nobody could be happy in this mess. But what I didn't know was God was letting things blow and storms come because he was trying to blow me here. Now I can say hallelujah. Then I was saying Oh, my God, what are you doing? You're killing us. 
But now I can say he blew me to the place I ought to be. His ordained direction was in the wind blowing my life. Storms and heartache and problems and tribulation and trouble blew me to this haven. God had this in his mind years ago. Hundreds. Before I ever was a speck or a thought in my daddy's genealogy or DNA or my my mother's desire to have a child, any of that, way back before a name was picked, way back before a pregnancy was announced, way back in the hills of North Carolina, God deposited, good gosh, I'm feeling a little God right there, he deposited my life in a holler on a mountainside with one thing in mind, you and this place. But I'd have never got here without the wind blowing. Thank God for the storms. Thank God for the heartache. Thank God for the troubles I've been through. They brought me home. And you know, when I stack my heartaches up against my blessings, I can't even find my heartaches. Number two, there will be storms that will come from above. God, blowing in your sails. And while he's doing it, you'll think, what did I do? Why? From whence cometh thou? Let me give you a cotton patch. What's up? What are you doing? And all the time, God's blowing you not away, but toward the other side. Are you going through something tonight and you don't understand the direction? Well, just know this. God knows a heap more about it than I do or you do, so we'll just trust him. Somebody give the Lord praise tonight in church. Number, number three, write this down. There will be times when we are filled with water but still won't sink. Notice what it says in this verse. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, point number one. Number two, there came down a storm of wind on the lake. Mm-hmm. There's point number two. And then number three. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. The boat is full. The word filled there and the word jeopardy go together. It is full to overflowing and about to sink. Jeopardy means about to go under. It's full and about to sink. But aren't you glad, hallelujah, listen now, though your vessel may be filled with anticipation, filled with fear, filled with heartache, it still has not sunk simply because Jesus is on board no matter how full it gets, it will not be full enough to sink as long as Jesus is on board. 
Somebody give him praise in church. He's teaching dependence. He's teaching direction. And here he's teaching decision. What is he trying to get him to do? Look at the next verse. The Bible said in verse 24, and they came to him. Oh. And awoke him saying, Mah. now I'm putting this mildly. Can you imagine what they sounded like? I mean, the average Baptist pastor, master, master. Now they jumping up and down barefooted, done lost all their flip-flops, about to go crazy, and they done took all the Advil that they got, <laughs> and they looking for something stronger. And they say, Master, Master, we perish. They didn't say but two words because they didn't think they had time for a longer conversation. Master, we pet, we're going down. Then he arose. See, he was trying to get a decision the whole time. What are y'all going to do about your full situation? You gonna start hunting buckets? You gonna start a brigade? Are you gonna come up with a bilge pump? What are you gonna do? They gonna say two words. We perish. And the water right there. <laughs> Help! What's he after? He's after a decision. What are you going to do? The Bible says, Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Listen to me. There will always be a calm when a decision is made to include Christ. <laughs> Yes, sir. There will always be a calm when there is a decision to include Christ. Are you bailing tonight? Are you pumping tonight? Are you trying to fix it? Or are you just going to sit back and say, my decision is this. Help! He's not after the flesh's ability to be demonstrated. He's after himself to become the decision man makes for his folly and for his difficulty. Jesus is on board going to the other side. And ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. There are going to be times when your boat will fill up but will not sink. You will be frustrated to no end, but it will not go under. You will be, it will be hostile environment, but you're going to make it. Because Jesus is on board. And he's trying to teach us on this journey who to call on. Simon didn't look at John and said, Balaam thou. Uh, Simon Peter didn't look at Matthew or Matthew look at Theodius or any of those fellows or Philip or none of them. They didn't start a conversation among themselves that's recorded. But they did come to a frustrating place saying, we're perishing. We're going under. We need him. And they said, we perish. Let me ask you a question. What decision have you made to do in the middle of your full boat? We're going to the other side. Jesus is going to see to it. But when are you going to throw in and say, I'm perishing. I need you. Oh God, help me. 
the little girl that's doing the relationship thing by herself, the couple that's trying to make ends meet by calculators and vocation, the older person that's trying to depend on Social Security instead of the Holy Ghost, what are you going to do when you're insufficient and your boat's filling up? He said, I want a decision out of you. That decision is this. Two words, we perish. Number four, here's the last one. Listen to it good. There will be times when we will see ourselves as faithless so as to see him as God. I want you to look at this verse. He can't, he can't put it up there right now with all of that together, but they'll get it up there. Look at verse number, let's see, verse number 25. There it is. Thank you, my brother. He said unto them, where is your faith? They wake him up. The boat's going down and he wants to hold class. He wants to have a Bible study. And they've got water problems. He said, where is your faith? And they being afraid wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? What what kind of guy are we hanging around with? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. Why did God let this whole story unfold? So that, put it back up there, number four. So that there would be a time in their life when they would see themselves as faithless. Because he said, where's your faith? Can you believe me out here? Get ready. The other side tour requires faithfulness. But their faith was weak. So what did he let them see? He let them see that whole ordeal so they'd anchor themselves in him and say, what manner? Now, this, this, if two people was talking, what? If it was you and I talking, Brent, and he just done this, and he's sitting right over there, and he just stopped it. It's, I mean, the seas is glass. He stopped the wind. The boat's still full of water. But they say, what, what, what do you think? What have we got hooked up with? This man talks to the weather. This man speaks to the wind. What manner of man is this? That the winds obey him. They had just got a B vitamin shot of blessing in their spiritual arm because now they see we're tangled up with God incarnate and everything he did from there was going to the cross, going to Pentecost, going to denials, going to cussing by fire. All of it was going to crucifixion and death of these disciples. He taught them one by one. He taught them classroom after classroom. In this one, he said, there's a time when we see ourselves as faithless, but we see him to be the God that he is. What manner of man is this? Stand up with me, would you please? Our Father, Help us as we go to the other side. 
Help us, Lord Jesus, as we extend ourselves to see you take us in that direction. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to teach us something from these four facts tonight. You're teaching us, even though sometimes it's hard for us to know it, dependence. You're teaching us direction. You're teaching us decision. And on that last one, you're teaching us declaration. What manner of man is this? This man that lives in my heart in the person of the Holy Spirit is a man that speaks to the weather on the way to the other side and stops all my doubt and all my fear. Holy Spirit, touch us all. Help us to see on our journey as we sail. There's some facts we've got to consider. These four things that we have written down will carry us away. Will enlighten us on our journey. And I want to bless you. And I want to thank you for these people that are under our pastorship. They're your children. They're not mine. They're your servants, not mine. They're your family members, not mine. They are my friends. They are somewhat my responsibility. Somewhat. More so yours than mine, but some of mine. And I pray tonight I have tried to carry out what you told me to say. And I pray this evening that we'll all take what we've heard And we'll initiate on this voyage as we sail toward heaven. How many of you will join me at the altar and say, God, teach me on this journey. Show me on this journey. Though the winds come down on my lake from above, thou art God, thou art good, and thou art grace. Oh, Holy Spirit, touch single mothers. Touch little children tonight. Touch college students. Touch dads that are under the gun trying to make ends meet. Help them to see we're almost home. Hallelujah. But until we get there, there's some facts about sailing on that we need to know. And I ask you to teach them to us tonight as we've tried to preach them. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen and amen. Bless the Lord. Woo, hallelujah. How many of you know that what God says, God does? Where did he say we're going? 
to the other side. Say it with me, to the other side. He didn't say there won't be any storms. He didn't say there wouldn't be any full ships. He didn't say that our faith would always be gigantic. (laughs) He didn't say he'd always be in the same place we left him. But he did say enough to keep me sailing on. Amen. I'm glad you're here. Appreciate the Lord being good to us tonight. How many of you glad you came? Let me see your hands. All right. How many of you learned a little something to help you along the way? All right. Good. It was worth it to be here. You're here tonight and you you have not yet started your voyage toward glory. You do not know for sure if you died right now, you'd go to heaven. You're not fully assured that your life is hid with Christ in God. You have some question mark that if you was to die right now, you don't know where you'd go. You don't have to go home in a quandary. You don't have to go home faithless. You don't have to go home lost. You can go home with Jesus Christ in your life. Isn't that wonderful to say to a sinner? You can leave this place tonight solid in God. All you have to do is trust Him. Maybe you're from the mission. Maybe you're from down the street or over the river or from a long way off. Please tonight, don't live another day in doubt. Don't live another day in hopes of This is a no-so book with a no-so salvation and you can reach out and have a no-so experience with God. Amen? Let's sing something, son. One stanza. If you're here and you'd like to slip out and come and join, you'd like to slip out and come and let us help you know exactly what you need to do to receive Christ. Come on home now. All right, here we go. God is so God is so good. How many of you glad he's good on the way to the other side? Let it be a good one now, God.